my wonderful friends, welcome to Fate FM Drive Time Big Q&A. This is the program where we respond to difficult questions concerning the Bible, prophecy. And if you have questions also, we'll love to tackle those ones too. My name is Nick Rita and I'm your host today. Thank you for tuning in. It's our privilege to say uh, hello to you today and um, please stay with us for the whole hour because we have uh, a program starting a little bit late. We had few um, technical issues, but uh, it's good that we are with you uh, right now and uh, I'm asking you to be part of this program if you like and uh, you know that you can do that by sending us a text message to zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one you may like to ask a question share a thought with in regard to our uh, topic for today now i would love to say hello um here in the studio with me, I've got uh, Johnny Wang. It's good to have you with us, Johnny. Coming all the way from Melbourne, you drive and I just picked you up. Uh, maybe you didn't have even time to take your breath. <laughs> but it's good to be in this beautiful city of Adelaide with you, Nick. Thank you for the blessing to be together. Look, it's wonderful. Uh, and I have also waiting um, on the phone with us, uh, uh, David Elima from Family Voice Australia. David, can you hear us? Yes, Nick and Johnny, it's great to be with you. Now, David, uh, you probably realize that uh, I had a few issues here to start the program, and um, we are quite a little bit into the um, hour. Um, I will uh, I will probably just uh, come straight to you, David. Now, David is the director of Family Voice Australia, for those of you who may tune in for the first time. And uh, David is coming with us uh, very regularly, I would say, every uh, Friday, either here in the studio or uh, via phone. But uh, today, David, it's in Port Augusta. Are you still in Port Augusta waiting to jump on the car and drive to, Mel- to Adelaide? Yes, Nick, that's exactly right. Okay, now, um, David, um, you know how we uh, approach for the whole week these uh, contentious issues for believers, you know, and we talked about Halloween quite a bit. And a few questions we um, uh, look at, uh, you know, for the whole week. Um, are Christians or is are Christianity and Halloween compatible? <laughs> is there a supernatural real? And, well, um, it's a bit hard. Yeah, yeah. It's a bit hard to to figure out exactly which came first, whether a harvest festival was happening in Europe uh, and it was taken over by Christianity. That's one theory. Another is that the Halloween, which really means uh, uh, hallowed evening or uh, an evening uh, before we give thanks to God for great men and women of the faith of the past, uh, whether that was something that was invented by the church. So we're not mm. exactly certain what's happened, but one thing is certain is that Halloween has been become entirely perverted. It's been, been commercialized, and it is now a focus of very dark spirituality and the only advice I can give to Christians is to have nothing to do with it. Mm. Oh well, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's very true, uh, David. And um, you know, some other questions we looked at: uh, Is my uh, example important? I mean, as Christians, as you just said, you know, uh, mm. should we uh, be 
involved or I mean like interested in this or even talk about this or should we just l- leave it aside there and don't talk about it because that's not something which we Christians let's say believe or mm-hmm. you know how how you approach you know somebody who's yes. quite a bit into this maybe not even having any any idea what's all behind mm-hmm. it yes well uh, it's very helpful i think to warn people about the dangers of dabbling in dark spirituality, if I can use that phrase. Mm. There's also a wonderful outreach opportunity because uh, I've noticed this in the last perhaps uh, 20 to 25 years where we've imported the idea really from America, this this concept of trick or treat, which really means that uh, kids will knock on the door and say trick or treat, which really boils down to if you don't give me a treat, I'll play a nasty little trick on you, you know, mm. Stuff your stuff your letterbox with leaves, or kick your cat <laughs> on the way out, or something. So um, it's a bit sinister. But if children do come to the door, well, what a what a wonderful opportunity that is to say to them. Well, now let's yes, let's give thanks to God for the harvest, which is really the origin, or one possible origin of Halloween. Mm-hmm. That Jesus does deserve credit for His wonderful work to sustain the harvest. Uh, we, we might even call him Lord of the Harvest. He referred to himself as Lord of the Sabbath. Uh, he, he's Lord of all. Mm. And um, we, we only have harvests by the grace of God. So uh, if, if people are prepared to think about the sort of background to Halloween, uh, there's a wonderful gospel opportunity. But there must be a warning as well. Yes. So those two must go hand in hand, Nick. Yeah, and David, you uh, visit a uh, lots of groups, uh, churches, different denominations, you know, and, uh, mm-hmm. um, you can probably come across some people who may embrace some of these uh, things and uh, some m- maybe be more conservative, um, not mm-hmm. to have anything to do with that. Uh, how do you see that thing, you know, or what's your, uh, you know, uh, advice? I mean, Hopefully taken yeah. from the Bible, you know, to, to have a clear stand in regard to this, um, these things. Yes, exactly. The Bible's very clear that we should have nothing to do with witchcraft. And yet Halloween is really all about witches, warlocks, ghosts, ghouls, you name it. Uh, pumpkins, uh, which, uh, have candles in them to really serve as a kind of night watchman. It's all very, very, uh, dark, very spiritual and very superstitious. Mm. And, of course, the, the more our, our young children with Harry Potter and everything else, the more children dabble in this aspect of, uh, of our culture, the more they're likely to be drawn uh, further and further into darkness. And, in fact, Halloween has become quite a focus of evil. For example, um, Satanists, uh, when they get married, they might choose to get married on Halloween. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it, it's a very uh, key date in the year for the enemies of Christ and so we do do need to be praying and we do need to be warning Mm. Uh, but also using the opportunity as an outreach to to say to kids especially look uh, uh, we're not putting our hope in the devil we're putting our hope in the Lord Jesus yes and so yes receive these lollies as a gift and and be blessed as you profess faith in Jesus as Savior and Lord yeah, absolutely right, David. I think, yeah, you said it very well that, that we should use the opportunities, you know, to, to talk about the real thing. Now, it's interesting that, um, through this uh, celebration, people are uh, remembering the, the dead, you know, and celebrating the dead. Yes. 
Um, and yeah. it's interesting that when we look in the Bible after the great, uh, the greatest resurrection of all, you know, the resurrection of Jesus Christ, I think we should celebrate more life rather than uh, that. But, you know, it's interesting how this can creep in. In the culture, uh, I think we talked about this during the week and even you mentioned that and, and in other programs also we talked about that. Uh, maybe 10, 15 years ago, it's not that much or bigger deal in Australia. But now from day, from year to year, it's bigger and bigger. It's like, uh, like Christmas, you know, um, uh, yeah. people are I'm working ahead out. of time to do all the preparation for these sorts of things. They are. It's invaded our supermarkets now. Mm. Uh, I was in the supermarket yesterday, seeing uh, a large, uh, some large pumpkins, which are to be bought for the purpose of making the lantern. Mm-hmm. And then we have uh, all sorts of masks, capes, hats, etc., magic wands. So the the entire culture has become incredibly tolerant. Unfortunately, very soft towards these uh, sinister forces, and we need. A very clear proclamation from God's people. That's true, David. That's so true. Hey, David, um, I know that you need to go maybe to uh, another place or uh, yeah, you have some other plans, but uh, really, yeah, really appreciating that you were able to come with us today for a few minutes. Thank you for sharing with mm-hmm. us and uh, may God bless you. And as you go around, David, uh, visiting, uh, as I said, different uh, groups, churches, schools and so on, um, that you'll continue to uh, uplift, you know, the, the truth of the Bible and, uh, and represent God and uh, true through Family Voice Australia, you know, to stand tall. Mm-hmm. And um, family has a very important role, you know, for particularly for the younger ones, for the children. It depends on the parents, how you uh, initiate. Let's put it this way. I couldn't find another word. Probably the word initiate is not necessarily the, the best word, but it's true that the parents have that role of educating and teaching the younger mm-hmm. ones. And they ca- can go either one way or the other. But yeah, thank you so much, David, for uh, being part of this. Well, thank you for the opportunity, Nick. Okay. Hey, we are taking a short break, uh, Roy and I, my dear friend, just um, a little um, ad here, and uh, we'll, um, we'll talk about the offer just in a, in a second, but uh, here it's a bit of a plug. This program is made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. And we are very grateful for the support of Adventist World Radio because we are able to broadcast uh, here on Faith FM. Um, my dear friend, we have uh, today um, a book which um, would like to offer you. And uh, this is called um, Draining the Sticks. It's a very interesting title, you know, probably a bit more American there, but... Um, uh, Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell by Sean Bonstra. This is a wonderful book, my dear friend. If you like to have it in your hands, you just need to send us a text message with the code SA78. I think you know by now that uh, you don't need to add any other words there. Just uh, write the, in the text SA78, no space in between. 
and our friendly robot will take you through some questions just to to make sure that uh, we have all the information where to um, deliver this book. But thank you again for requesting and uh, don't be shy. Come with us today. Uh, send us a text message with uh, with a thought or a question in regard to the topic we discuss. And the number for that is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. I mean the same num- number for the offer and for your uh, um, messages. Again, the number is zero four triple eight eight zero eight double one. Now I'll just turn here to my good friend uh, here, Johnny, uh, coming with us uh, today. Um, hey, uh, Johnny, I know I'm feeling a little bit guilty that I didn't even give you time to to rest, to relax, to come here to Adelaide, but I thought it's a opportunity you know uh, for us to talk together because you are here in Adelaide for a special uh, um, you know some meetings here can you just talk a little bit about uh, what's the reason of you coming to Adelaide yes I'm uh, glad to be here Nick Um, I'm coming down from Melbourne to uh, Adelaide to speak at a a combined churches meeting at uh, the Christian Family Center in Seton Yep, um, Frederick Road. If and, you like uh, yeah. to come and see us and uh, yeah, hear Johnny there. Yep, tomorrow morning, ten o'clock. You know, we are living in a world where there's a lot of turmoil, a lot of changes. So, you know, with the flooding, with the uh, COVID, with pandemic, and the threats of war. And I'm going to talk a little bit about business unusual. How to do things unusual in unusual times, right? Sometimes when we say things are going well, let's do business as usual. But mm. now is not the time for that. How does God shape our life and our future in a business unusual world? That's what I'll be talking about tomorrow morning. And then in the afternoon, I'll share a little bit about some of the tools that make us an impact in the community uh, and make a difference in the world that we lived in. The world is asking. Even the age uh, today in Melbourne was writing an article about uh, people using biblical uh, words about the situation of the world they lived in. Mm. Uh, apocalypse, they're talking about that. They're talking about issues. So how do we be relevant and make an uh, and positive, hopeful influence to our community. So I'll talk about that in the afternoon. Oh, that was very interesting, uh, you know, uh, headline there, uh, business unusual. And my dear friend, if you like to hear uh, Johnny tomorrow, why not to join us uh, at um, Christian Family Center, Frederick Road, on in Seton and starting 10 o'clock uh, then in the afternoon about 2.30 we'll have a session when uh, where Johnny can share some tools how to uh, do business unusual but Johnny just uh, in a minute maybe if you could give us a little bit of background because probably the reason you choose even this topic is because it's something related to you you are in a business uh, uh, world for uh, for a number of years you are not a minister are you no i'm not hmm. i'm a, i'm a, a typical uh, person in the church that worked in business for nearly 20 years and one of the things i notice about business is this they're very goal oriented very purposeful in what business does hmm. and one of the things i valued about the christian church is that um it needs to be purposeful. It needs to be clear. So I came from a software background and I got involved as, uh, into planting churches and uh, making an impact uh, using health work, using community work that adds value to the community. One of the biggest questions I ask my church every time is, if our church is shut down physically, mm. did the community miss us? That's a very good question. If they didn't miss us, we didn't 
add value. We didn't give them hope. We didn't give them the love of Jesus mm-hmm. that we should be doing. Mm-hmm. It's very interesting you mentioned about planting churches because, as uh, you said, you're in the business and on quite the high level there, you could uh, live just, um, you know, um, happily and travel all around the world. Um, but you got involved with church and yes. planting church here in Australia where people, you know, believe that, hey, People are not interested in church. If you want to plant a church, maybe go, I don't know, maybe uh, I don't want to be biased, but Africa or uh, going in the Pacific Islands. You know what I mean? But here in Australia, to plant churches, that's very interesting. And in Melbourne, how many churches did you work on? And uh, well, we are planting thankful. There? We're thankful that God has opened the doors. Um, again, it's not an easy work, but uh, over the years, we have planted four churches in the heart of Melbourne city. Wow! And we have seen hundreds of people come to faith, um, accepted the Lord Jesus. They were baptized, and they not only that, they they can, they have the same vision now to plant, multiply and plant more churches. So one. One of the important things I've learned is that we cannot do the same thing over and over and over again and expect a different result. We need to do things in a business unusual mm. way. And and really it's not unusual because scripture does give us uh, a guideline how to, how to go about doing that. Oh, that's uh, that's wonderful journey because um, I think you live uh, life with a purpose. You know, uh, it's not just uh, um, you know from day to day just going on uh, with life. Uh, I think you structured your life to be purposely involved with the community and that's what we are going to talk a little bit today also now we have this um, uh, topic um, about you know contagious issues for yes. believers and uh, we talked about Halloween just because it happened to be you know this week and uh, now for the weekend um, people will uh, will be very excited you know uh, going from door to door with the young ones and uh, all those things and we ask few questions uh, during this week uh, like um, are uh, Christianity and Halloween compatible or uh, is the super, supernatural real? Is my example important or um, the media uh, peer pressure and biblical Christianity? You see, we have all those things, you know, uh, coming on top of us and influencing uh, the way we do things even in the church these days. But today, Johnny, uh, I would like to look at this uh, question a little bit more. How much is the biblical Christian called to challenge culture? Mm-hmm. I think this is a very good question because uh, we can easily say something, this is a Christian broadcast, you know, and we can just be biased and take it on board and say whatever we like. But we live in this culture. We live in this environment when we see these things happening and developing from year to year in some things which is not even uh, related, you know, with uh, with Christianity. Now, I know in Australia right now, uh, after the survey uh, being done recently, less than 50% of the population, they uh, claim to be believers. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, we're going towards a very interesting uh, um, yes. direction. Just considering that maybe 10, 15 years ago was close to 90%, you know, Australian, they, they will say that uh, they are Christians. 
But yeah, on this question, first, what are your thoughts? Just um, yes, thanks for asking that, Nick. Uh, obviously, this is a, a, a shifting sand. The Australian culture is changing, and over time, we see uh, different uh, contemporary cultures uh, sifting into our society, and not only that, sifting into the church as well. Mm. So, where do we stand regarding with that? I mean, do we do we just stand back and say nothing as uh, Bible believers, uh, or do we say something? In a way that is loving, because the thing is this, when you say some things that is not loving with the right intention as a Christian, you may seem to be a judgmental. Mm-hmm. And people often ask the question, what, who gives you the right as Christian to be a cultural critic? That's a very good, uh, right. yeah, good you question. Right to, yes. you, you, you wear this uh, Judeo-Christian uh, lenses in your eyes and you wear the biblical lens in your eyes, who gives you the right to be a cultural critic? This is often the question that's been asked of me. You know, the reality is that we all are cultural critics in whatever mm. we do. For example, I'll give you an example. I'm uh, Asian by descent. When I first came to Australia 40 years ago, I have to uh, adjust to the Australian culture because I came with my Asian values, right? So I have to adjust to that. So there is nothing wrong to adjust to culture so long as it doesn't contradict your values. So let me say this very clear point about uh, the first key thoughts I want to get across is this. You know, the honest truth is this. When we look at culture, we can either regard that as good or, good or bad. For example, as David talked about Halloween, you know, we know how that's sifting in commercially. We know how it's sifting into our, uh, eroding our family value. So what I think the key point is this. We are, all of us are cultural critics, whatever we like it or not, whether it be food culture, whether it be work culture, whether it be business culture, we are all cultural critics. The question is, we're trying to determine and discern what is good or bad. But the good news about the Bible is this. Only God is good. That's the good news of the mm. Bible. Only God is good. Uh, somebody came to Jesus and say, uh, good master, good teacher. And Jesus says, why do you call me good? Why do you call me good? Right. Mm. But we know in scripture, only God is good. And everything else in the world is fallen. Human being, uh, nature, objects have fallen because of sin. We all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, the Bible says. So we know there are two things. One is God is good. We know the second thing is that the devil is evil. The devil is evil. All right? So honestly, there is only two clear pictures in Scripture that God is good and the devil is evil. Mm, so and ev- he will do his work. Uh, you know, he is not uh, uh, going in holiday. You know, no, he will be very busy. <laughs> he doesn't go on holiday. He is very busy and he's trying to make things influence the evil way. So in what we find is that there is nothing wrong to be a cultural critic because mm. we know that we ourselves are not good. When we uh, discern something, we critique something, I'm not saying I'm better than the other. So, for example, when I'm an Asian that came to Australia, I'm not saying Australian culture is bad. I'm just saying that I have, a, I have to uh, make a critique whether this culture suits my culture. Mm, mm. And so there's nothing wrong doing this, so long as we have a clear frame of reference. Okay, and uh, can you uh, just um, elaborate just a little bit on that one? Because I came from a different culture, you know, um, from Europe, from yep. Romania. But uh, still, when I arrived here, particularly in the church, yep. um, it was very different, you know. And it took me quite a, a while to understand and to fun- function properly here. And my question always was here. Am I going to compromise here with certain things or, uh, and, but I learned that 
differences because of culture. You know, you may have different approaches, yes. but doesn't change the principle. That's the key, Nick. Uh, the, the, you hit the nail on the head. It's about the principle. I'll give you an illustration. When I came to Australia, my culture, in Asian culture, has to call people who are older than me by some kind of title. So if Nick here is older than me, I would call him Mr. Nick or, mm. or Uncle Nick uh, in my culture, right? If I call him by his first name, in my cultural upbringing, I'll be like, that is so disrespectful. That's so rude. But actually, from Nick's point of view, being an Australian culture, Calling a person by the first name, it is not rude. Mm-hmm. It is actually, the issue is not the calling by a title. The issue is whether we're respectful or not with people. When we converse with people, if I converse with Nick and I don't eyeball him, I'm on my phone while I'm talking to him and I'm not respecting his space, that is being disrespectful. Right. So it's not just the calling by the title. So if we don't see the principle is about respect, but we see the issue is about title, we got it all messed up. Mm-hmm. So the key is to come back to the principle and the frame of reference. And as Christians, we believe the Bible is the principle mm. and is the frame of reference. Mm. And that's how we judge, we discern about Halloween. Because the Bible says that we should not glorify witchcraft and the dead and, and so on. The Bible's principles are very, very clear. Mm. And so we judge it by principle. So often don't get tangled up by looking at titles and the surface issue, but get underneath and say, what's the principle underlying that? Now, also, I just mentioned a bit earlier, and um, because very easily you can be biased on what you say, what you do, um, you know, how you act. And uh, these days, you know, with all all sorts of things going on. Yep. People are very quick to be biased, you yes. know. I mean, look, even with the pandemic, for yes. example, and uh, they will say just what they believe is right, you know. But um, how can we as Christians, uh, Johnny, um, still achieve the goal, I mean, like what, what God called us to do uh, in a nice way? And you, you touched a little bit, but uh, I, I wonder if you could... Um, Expand a bit and uh, see what's your point of view about uh, not being biased, but sharing that um, the, the truth or the thing which you like to share. I mean, you are involved, as you just said, with planting churches mm-hmm. uh, in the heart of Melbourne, for example, where uh, it's a very secular uh, environment. Absolutely. Now, how can you reach out to uh, to people in that environment? I think the first step is that we are very clear of ourselves what our principles we stand for. I think that is a very first step in of ourselves. The second step is how do we connect with the community? And uh, a Bible passage that comes to mind is speak the truth in love. That's a good one. This is a very important thing that Ephesians talks about this. So how do we do that? We do that in a way that we are clear on our own principles, but we're not judgmental in the way we look at people. If we truly, Jesus said, love one another, isn't it? Mm. That's the great commandment, isn't yes. it? Yes. So if we truly love one another, it starts in our mind. So when I look at somebody who ho- don't hold the same values or cultural uh, uh, values than as mine, I can be quickly judgmental or I could say, time out. Mm. This person is brought up in a different setting and different situation. He is still the valued child of God. Yes. 
he is he or she doesn't look is not any any um, uh, lower than me that person is valued by Jesus Christ Jesus Christ came and died for that person so the second step is to set our attitude right when we when we connect with people that recognize that everyone is a child of God the second and third one is speak the truth in love and how you engage in conversation is very, very important. When somebody have a different cultural values that are creeping into the, the society, I'll give you an example. Many years ago, um, having sex before marriage uh, is considered a taboo. If you go back to your grandparents or generation in, in Australia, then mm. it was considered a taboo. Or cohabitation is considered a taboo back then as well. But today it's a cultural norm. Now, when I look at a couple that comes to my church, do I judge them straight away or do I say, this person is a valued child of God? Mm. They did not know any better. That was the choice they made. They did not have the principle that I operate from, but I should accept them as, as, as brothers and sisters. And slowly, as they expose themselves to Jesus and expose to the teachings of Jesus, they would follow what Jesus would want them to follow. That's a very nice way uh, how you put it, uh, Johnny. And myself, I believe in the same thing. Uh, I have a b- kind of a principle, if you like. Uh, I would like to say that I will welcome everybody mm. as they are yes. for a change. Yes. You need to offer that um, uh opportunity you know but you cannot be judgmental Mm -hmm. just put barriers there Mm -hmm. you have to welcome jesus welcome everyone but he was offering something greater than they had and i think that's important my dear friend we are going to take a short break uh, here i have a song and uh, we'll be back uh, in a minute please don't go anywhere we are going to talk about the offer which we have for today the free book Uh, uh, stay with us this is uh, a beautiful song a living Prayer by uh, Alison Krauss and uh, enjoy it.
Welcome back. You are listening to Faith FM Drive Time BQ&A, and this is Nick Rita. With us today in the studio is Johnny Wang coming from uh, Melbourne, spending with us uh, uh, this weekend and uh, maybe even next uh, week, a uh, few days in uh, training. Uh, Johnny, it's um, uh, coming from a business background, but he's involved with planting churches. And he's going to talk uh, tomorrow uh, here in Adelaide at the uh, Christian Family Center on Frederick Road, Seton, he's going to talk about business unusual. My dear friend, if you like to come along, if you have time, I will really encourage you to come and hear Johnny talking uh, starting 10 o'clock tomorrow. And we'll have also a session uh, in the afternoon, 2.30, about 2.30. And uh, you'll really enjoy uh, hearing uh, Johnny talking about uh, business unusual. But right now, I'd like to bring your attention to the offer which we have for today. And um, Johnny, uh, can you share uh, with our listener uh, what's the offer for today? Yes, it's a book from Sean Boonstra, a very uh, well-known TV personality, a book called Draining the Sting. You know, in the Greek mythology, the river Sting separates the land of the living from Hades or the abode of the dead. When When death come for you, the ferryman carries you across the river to the other side. So Sean was saying that, you know, when we uh, are born into this world, we begin to die. Mm. The reality is that as, as, as uh, taxes are real, death is real as well. So how do we deal with this? How do we have comfort in the topic of death and hell? That's the offer for this time. A book called Draining the Sting. The Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell. Mm, beautiful book, uh, my dear friend. You need to send us a text message with the code SA78. And you can write, uh, send that text message to 04888-808-11. And this is kind of uh, in line with the topic which we have for uh, the whole week. Uh, we're talking about uh, Halloween and uh, how people are uh, celebrating the, the dead. Um but uh, our question for today, uh, my dear friend, is how much is the biblical Christian called to challenge culture? And uh, just before the break, we were talking here with um, uh, Johnny and a bit earlier with uh, uh, David DeLima from Family West Australia that we um, live in the, you know, in these times, you know, uh, and the peer pressure and cultural things uh, change from, uh, you know, yeah, very different, but we still we are called to stand tall for the truth of the Bible as Christians. Now, uh, Johnny, probably uh, we are going to look now um, a little bit more, even some biblical uh, principles, how we can, uh, uh, you know, uh, be good citizens, good Christians, and relate uh, in a right way to the difficult uh, Issues, mm-hmm. topics. What would you like to share? Yes, there. As I shared earlier, that there are three things that we need to be mindful about. Number one is to understand our principle. Uh, be very clear on that. Number two is our mindset when we connect with community and people to have a very positive mindset and be very clear that everyone is a child of God. 
And thirdly is to look at it from a way we communicate our message, whether it be in love, speak the truth in love. Mm. So when we look at culture and we look again at uh, compared to Bible principles, the question we have often in our mind is that is the Bible still relevant? Mm. Is the Bible principle still relevant in a changing culture? Uh, is the Bible still relevant regarding the re- regarding relationship? You see, when we look at culture, what's more important is not to argue about uh, anything that does not relate to relationship. Because ultimately, culture and relationship is the key. If you don't have the, uh, uh, a culture that impinges on your relationship, then it's, ir- it's irrelevant. It's, a, it's an academic discussion. But what I want to talk about is this. The Bible principles, is this still relevant today? Some people say, well, maybe the Bible is outdated. Mm. So if it's outdated, let's just brush aside that part of the Bible. And uh, so one option we can take is the Bible is outdated and is not relevant anymore in the current changing culture. Mm -hmm. The second thing that we can look at is the Bible is relevant. And that's the position I think we all take uh, if you are Christians and you're believers of the Bible. Mm. The Bible is still relevant. But unfortunately, even under there, there are two options. One option is that the Bible is relevant, but there's some parts that are outdated. There's a concept out there. Okay. Uh, Some Christian church say, well, this part is relevant, but that part is not relevant anymore in our culture. It's outdated. I'll give you some illustration later. The third one is to say, well, uh, I will pick and choose the Bible. Uh, I'll pick and choose that Mm -hmm. suits our current. What suits me, yeah. What suits me. Mm -hmm. So the danger with the, um, the, uh, the point that you say the Bible is relevant, that I would, uh, some part is outdated, or we choose uh, our own. What makes us able to choose? What mm. rules of interpretation that we take that allows us to choose? We have to be very careful here because we have to let the Bible interpret itself. Sure. We cannot let the Bible be, um, we cannot use cultural lens to interpret the Bible. Cultural is not an interpretive tool. Because the principles of scripture should transcend culture, time, and it should transcend all that. It should be universal principle. And we know clearly that is the case. So I'll give you an example. We talked about cohabitation or sex before marriage. Mm. Um, like, like our grandparents' generation, this might be considered a taboo. But today it's accepted because it's kind of like the dominant Situation. In fact, if you look at Australian statistics for marriage, you will see the, the divorce rate is going down, but actually it's a false data because the reality is that not many people are, many people are cohabiting. Mm-hmm. They're not getting married. So that's why they say, let's try it out first before we get married. But the Bible, is it just out of date or is the Bible principle going to stand tall? Just go to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter two and we know that God Design marriage. Mm. God designed marriage, and God ordained it, and God actually blessed it. There is a there is a commitment made between a between a man and woman about marriage. So, if the Bible principle still stands tall today, then we should stand tall to it, rather than say, "Oh, the Bible is old. Uh, that part of the Bible is outdated. We shouldn't be considering that." If that's the case, then which how do you decide which part is outdated and which part is not? What makes us the critic of Scripture? We shouldn't be critics of Scripture. We should be people that really follows Jesus' teaching. 
Okay. Yes. And I like actually, uh, it just came in my mind a, a passage in the Bible in, uh, um, Second Timothy, mm-hmm. uh, chapter, uh, three, verse 16, which says, All scripture is given by inspiration of God mm-hmm. and is profitable yes. for doctrine, for reproof, yes. and, uh, for correction. Yes. The word reproof, An instruction yes. in righteousness. Very interesting words there. So the word reproof and correction is very important. So if I read the Bible, if I read the Bible, and the Bible in 2 Timothy 3.16, that's the exact verse that came to my mind as well. Mm. This verse says all Scripture, not part of it, not just Old Testament, not just New Testament, all Scripture is given. And so it's for reproof. When I read Scripture, sometimes it reproves me because I'm following the current dominant culture, but it may not be the biblical principle mm. of God wanting, wanting me to live that way. And so the Bible becomes a reproof. But Bible says, God reproves, chasten us because God loves us. Yes. God chasten because He loves us. So when the Bible reproves us, we have two options. We can say, oh, I like, I like to live my own lifestyle. I don't care what the Bible says. I'm smart enough than that. And I'll just brush it away. Or we could say, no, I've been reproved. I've been corrected. I will follow Jesus' way. So even when it comes to Bible principles and culture, we should not let the Bible principles to be overridden mm. by current culture because current culture could change. Correct. Yes. And, uh, yeah, we live in, uh, in these days, particularly special times, uh, Johnny, I will yes. say, when uh, it's very um, important to know on which side are you. <laughs> uh, Where we're going to stand. Is when it? we stand, absolutely right. And, uh, and a verse came to my mind when hmm. we talk about Halloween, right, coming up in the weekend. The Bible says in Revelation 18, verse 23, the last part, it says, For the merchants were the great men of the earth, for by your sorcery, all the nations were deceived. Right. The Bible said by sorcery, all the nations, they're talking about the end time here, about the fall of Babylon. The, the concept is that the world will become worse. And that's what you see everywhere in movies, in mm-hmm. media, everything. Is, people are so uh, tapped in. They're tapped we, in. Yeah. In fact, that word sorcery in the Greek is uh, pharmakia. Mm. That word sounds like pharmacy. Mm. It sounds like a drug. Right. And sometimes some of the choices we make are like a drug and we got to be very careful. With yeah. Them. And, you know, we talked a little bit that uh, some people may believe that the Bible is outdated uh, or probably it's just suitable for those people who don't have anything else to do, you know, or anything better to do. You know, or, uh, I heard about even in my culture, some people say, oh, that's just for the old people and so on and so forth. But actually... Bible is very relevant today, Johnny, is it? It is very relevant, whether we're talking about sexuality or gender identity, whether we're talking about um, any issues in life, the Bible is relevant because the principles cut across culture, cut across uh, countries, cut across generations, because this is the Word of God. And the Word of God is living and powerful and sharper than any two-edged sword. And do we let the Word of God shape us? Or do we shape the word of God with our cultural understanding? Yes, no, absolutely right. Hey, Johnny, time is going very quickly. I like to give the opportunity to our listener um, to get this uh, wonderful book. And thank you, Margie, and other people just uh, um, requesting the book. Again, the book is called uh, uh, Draining, Draining the Sting. Sting. Very hard uh, word, that one, Johnny. But hey, um, 
Taking the Mystery Out of Death and Hell by Sean Bonstra. My dear friend, uh, if you like this book, uh, you need to send a text message with the code SA78 to 04888-808-11. Johnny, just two, three minutes maybe we have left here. How would you like to just bring it a little bit together and maybe, um, maybe a thought, you know, um, to share with our listener uh, today? You know, we ask this question, how much is the biblical Christian call to challenge culture? I think the biblical Christian uh, are called to stand for the Bible principles. And when we use the word challenge, we always believe that we should speak the truth in love. When we challenge, we're not challenged just to have an argument or to be an activist or to just to stir out the, the community. That's not the purpose of it. The culture that Jesus lived in and uh, is very difficult culture, but Jesus was counterculture. If you think of what Jesus did, he mm. he was uh, with the leper, he was with woman, he was with so many things that are counterculture. But Jesus did that with love in his eyes. Mm. If only we learn to love people the way Jesus loved, see beyond their cultural values, see beyond their their um, the things that obstruct them from mm. seeing God, see them as the child of God. That's wonderful. Uh, yeah. Thank you, Johnny. Thank you so much for uh, sharing with us today a little bit here on Drive Time BQ&A. Thank you. And uh, we'll, um, it w- I'm looking forward myself to hear you tomorrow. You are going to speak um, here in Adelaide at um, Christian, Christian Family, Family Center. Yeah. That's on Frederick Road in Seton. Yes. And uh, my dear friend, listening today, if you are here in Adelaide and uh, if you like to hear Johnny talking about business unusual, Johnny comes from a business background, but he's involved with church planting here in Australia and not only in Australia, all around uh, the world, mainly in Asia, probably uh, you, you've been involved with some uh, planting churches, like even in Hong Kong and in, in, or in China. Mm. Um, yes, so I'm looking forward to hear you, Johnny, uh, tomorrow sharing with us business unusual. Can you give us just a tip or two uh, what you're going to talk? Yes, I was going to share about my own journey, how God took me out from working for a NASDAQ company as the director of an industry business unit and how God called me out of that to be involved in his mission in his work. And that's how God shapes us. He calls us out of our ordinary job to do extraordinary things. And what were the steps that God took? I'm going to look into the Bible. I'm going to share the three things that is a prerequisite to the vision that God has called us. Oh, that's beautiful. Uh, tomorrow morning, starting 10 o'clock, uh, the first session uh, going up to um, 12.30 probably, and we'll have uh, maybe a picnic there. Or uh, uh, And in the afternoon, 2.30, you have uh, another session where you you are able to share some tools, you know, with, yes, uh, with us. Yes, about connecting to the community oh, and that's being wonderful. relevant to our community we live in. Don't miss that opportunity, my dear friend, listening today. If you are here in Adelaide, um, come to Christian Family Center on Frederick Road, uh, uh, Seton, and uh, Johnny will be happy to see you there. And thank you for uh, being with us uh, today. It was uh, great to have you with us and um, requesting these uh, books which we give you from week to week. Today was called uh, uh, Draining the Stakes. 
uh, struggle with that word, but yeah, you understand what I'm saying here, taking the mystery out of uh, death and hell by uh, Sean Bonstra. And you can still request that uh, book by sending a text message with the code SA78 and the number is 04888-8081. We are looking forward to see you next time when we are going to talk about lessons from Rhodes, uh, all Christians walk. And uh, the question we are going to ask uh, next week is uh, the road of Calvary. How essential is it? Until then, may God richly bless you and have a safe walk with Jesus. This program has been made possible by the support of Adventist World Radio. Tis so sweet to trust in Jesus just to take him at his word just to rest upon his promise just to know thus says the Lord oh how sweet to trust in Jesus just to trust his cleansing blood
Jesus, we invite you to fortify our night, living the word. We choose your reality and to think your thoughts. You have shown us what is good. 